And welcome to season three of the JKR podcast presented by JKR Baseball. My name is Jay Shriglin and I will be your host. We're excited to continue the JKR podcast with season three of episodes. This season, we are expecting many great series with top-tier travel organizations across the country, while we also spotlight commits, collegiate, and professional players from across the United States. It is our goal to be the player's platform for all of prep baseball. As we continue to do this, make sure to stay on top of the J-Care podcast episodes, but also tune into the other features that J-Care Baseball presents. That includes blogs like the lineup card written by John Sparacco, player-based events like Battle of Indiana, Summit City Baseball Academy, and other events being announced very, very soon. With Season 3, that comes two new programs for athletes to enjoy. Those are the JKR Brand Ambassador Program and the JKR Athlete Creators Program. To stay on top of all these features, check out jkrpodcast.com to learn more. I genuinely appreciate everything you guys have done for me and the JKR brand over the past two years, and I hope to continue to build both the JKR brand and the game of baseball for years to come. Let's dig into today's episode after a word from our sponsor. Today's episode sponsor is Mind Baseball, located in Dallas, Texas. Their bats are made from 100% European beech wood, which allows for more density, which then leads to more power. I mean, who doesn't want more power? We all know chicks dig the long ball. Multiple studies prove that beech outperforms maple, birch, and ash that you're probably used to swinging. Beech wood straight grains mean for less breaks, and Mind Baseball exceeds the MLB regulations in that category. Are you also frustrated with seeing the dried paint spots on your barrel? Mind Baseball uses a family secret technique that leaves a perfect finish every time. If you set their bat next to another brand, you will make sure that you see the difference. Lastly, they also use a built-in grip to reduce vibrations. It is the same technology that is used to reduce recoil in rifles. Make sure to check them out. Go find them on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. Um, on Instagram, their username is at mine, M-I-N-E, baseball. Check them out, but let's dig into today's episode. And welcome back to the JKR Podcast. Today we have 2024 MLB draft prospect, alpha baseball middle infielder, and 2024 Stanford baseball signee, Charlie Bates, on the JKR Podcast. Charlie, pumped to get you here on this show. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me out. Of course, man. Appreciate you coming on the show. But, you know, before we do dig into the whole baseball side here for you, I do have one question I'd like to ask everybody to get the podcast started. That is, for those who don't know you, how would you introduce yourself? Who exactly is Charlie Bates? Yeah, I mean, um, I mean, you uh, baseball. What we got personality, or uh, you can do it. You can do anything. People take that a lot of different ways. I mean, I got I some people who are, um, you know, they'll be like, "Hey, I'm Charlie Bates. I'm going to Stanford, and, and I play Alpha Alpha baseball." Then I have some guys dig into it for ten minutes. So I mean, that's completely all up right. to you. I like the in depth stuff, but again, all right, all right, let's do it. I mean. Uh, I'm Charlie Bates. Um, I'm going to Stanford uh, next year to play uh, play baseball. Um, I'm a middle infielder, um, left-handed hitter. Uh, I'm getting into my hobbies. I love fishing. That's my that's my go-to. Um, I'm a big video game guy as well. Um, you know, I get after it on the show. Um, yeah, that's kind of it. Okay. Video game-wise, what are you playing? I, I'm a big MLB The Show guy, and then uh, I'll get into some Call of Duty every now and then. Okay, so on MLB The Show, what what's that go-to mode? Are you a big uh, Diamond Dynasty guy you playing Road to the Show? You know, kind of what are you hopping on and playing there? So I'm a big I'm a big Diamond Dynasty guy, but then uh, one of my boys put me on the uh, the creative player, and so I hopped on Road to the Show, and uh, I actually had a lot, I had a lot of fun with that. So it's kind of b- between those two, yeah. I remember back in high school, you know, going creating a guy, you know, always making him look like yeah. the funkiest funkiest type of guy oh, yeah. you know, like oh, yeah. high five 300 pounds guys oh, yeah. nothing but like me I, I was that type of guy when it came to road to the show but uh, talk, talking about fishing there obviously you and Cali like you going on the Pacific Ocean or are there lots of lakes there as well dude so I get so motion sickness I'm motion sick so I I stay on the on the lakes um and kind of ponds we have so many in uh NorCal and so um my friends and I, we have a bass spot that we go to. Um, it's like 10 minutes away, and we'll, we'll just go there kind of every weekend, and that's like it's my favorite. Okay, so what's that uh, What's that best fishing story? You know, I'm not a big fisherman, but talking to some fishermen, pe- fishing yeah. people, 
I hear there's always some good stories that come along to some of those boat trips. So uh, what's that favorite memory when it comes to fishing? So it was like my second time out. And so the first time we went, I didn't catch a single, we, none of us did. It was like five of us. And then my second time out, I kind of had, you know, my hopes were down. And then in the span of like two minutes, we all caught a fish. And then we got a, we got a picture together with all the fish that's it. Cause we, we released some. So it was pretty sick to get a picture with all the fish at once. And that, that's the story. I mean, it was awesome. Yeah, for sure. But, uh, you know, kind of moving into the whole baseball side here. First segment I do want to dig into is travel baseball. I know you're playing there for alpha from the looks of it. One of the better teams out there in the West coast kind of take us through, you know, how'd you get connected with alpha? What's that travel baseball experience been like with them? Kind of take us through that. Yeah. I mean, so I joined alpha going into my, it was like the summer going into my sophomore year. Um, and I'd found out about them kind of just living in the area, especially here in NorCal. Um, they're just a well-known program. You know, it's, it's, to me, it was kind of like alpha prime, you know, that's like the team to be on, but I didn't know I had the skill to really get there. Um, and then, so one of the coaches that just, he had just seen me play um, kind of just during the summer circuit. Um, I was with another travel team at the time. And then he sent me a text and asked me to, um, if I wanted to play with them for a tournament, um, kind of guest play. And then, Next thing I know, I'm playing shortstop in two, um, my first day out, and then I never look back. Okay, all right. So getting the chance to play for them for a little bit now, kind of take us through, you know, what's been some of the relationships you're able to build with coaches on the Alpha Prime team, with players, kind of take us through some of those relationships. Yeah, I mean, that I'd say that was one of the biggest steps in my career was joining Alpha and then making those connections. Um, I mean – it's from the coaches. I mean, Adam Farb, um, Eric Wagley, Chaz, like all of those guys um, kind of really just showed me what it took to get to the next level. Um, you know, at that time it was, you know, college ball and I really wanted to get recruited. And, you know, luckily um, my coach at the time, Adam Farb, he, you know, he had some connections there and I, he just, the confidence that they instilled into me to just kind of play my game and not trying, you know, kind of conform to anyone else's, um, and the sense of kind of like how, you know, the feel when it comes to shortstop and hitting and all that. Um, and they just allowed me to kind of just flourish kind of as a player. And it was amazing. Mm -hmm, for sure. And I guess, again, when I hear about Alpha, I hear about, you know, nothing but, you know, loaded rosters. You talk about how great those coaches are. Um, because for you going through these last couple of years with that program, you know, what do you think's led to that success of Alpha Prime and everything that they've been able to build? Yeah, I mean, again, I think it's just you get – some of the top guys kind of, you know, in the country, state of California as well, um, on a roster like that. And then you just kind of let them go out there and have fun with it. And um, I think that's what's led to the success. It's a very kind of like it's hands off in the sense that, you know, they let you go out and play. And obviously there's coaching and instruction that comes with that during practice. But when it comes to game time, I mean, yeah, it's just it's go out there and, you know, do your job. And that's amazing what they do. Yeah. So you talk about even potentially guys from outside of state playing for Alpha Prime. Is it mainly NorCal guys or for the, you know, is it kind of what's that roster looking like when it comes to location of a lot of those teammates? Yeah, I'd say the bulk of the team is usually NorCal. Um, and then kind of as I got older, um, my junior, yeah, I guess my junior year, this uh, this last year was um, we kind of expanded a little bit. I think we had, so we had a kid from Washington um, and then we actually had two kids from Arkansas, which was, uh, that was kind of cool. So we expanded a little bit, but again, the bulk is usually NorCal and some SoCal. Okay. So with a lot of NorCal guys on that team, have you had the chance to play up against some of those teammates there in the springtime? Kind of what's that like going from uh, teammates to opponents with some of those teammates? I mean, I, it's hard not to just kind of like crack a joke out there when I'm uh, when I'm holding on one of them at second. But I mean, it's so much fun playing them, um, kind of spending the whole summer with them. And then, you know, being on the other side of the dugout is super cool. Mm -hmm, for sure. And, you know, again, you talk about how there's how loaded those rosters are in terms of, you know, guys going all over the place, guys committed to lots of different division one schools, you know, for you being on a team like that, you know, what benefits do you think that's going to bring your career long-term? What's that like when it comes to maybe you, maybe some other teammates picking each other's brains, what's that look like with so many high level baseball players being on that same roster? Yeah. I mean, individually, it's like you get to really compare yourself to, you know, what, you know, that competition is going to look like at the next level. And when you surround yourself with other, you know, division one baseball players, you know, other draft prospects, you really get a scope of, you know, what do I need to work on? What do, you know, what do I have that's an edge on these guys? But also again, yeah, what do I need to work on? And then in terms of mentally, I mean, it's so nice, you know, being surrounded by a lot of those guys. Um, Cause I think, you know, sometimes, 
you tend to get a little isolated when you're kind of at your high school ball. And then when you get to go meet these other guys, we're kind of similar to you in that sense of, you know, they're going, yeah, big aspirations for baseball and being able to talk to them about that and relate to all sorts of stuff has just been amazing. For sure. And you kind of talk about that, the isolation there in high school ball, it's kind of going really, uh, you know, being very similar with a lot of teammates there within your travel baseball teams, kind of take us through maybe those last couple of weeks of high school ball, first couple of weeks of travel each summer. What's that transition like getting adjusted to playing high level travel baseball um, compared to, you know, moving on from high school ball in the spring? Yeah. I mean, it, it's a, it's an adjustment for sure. I, um, coming kind of from a public school league and then going out to, you know, North Carolina and, you know, playing against the top competition, it's definitely an adjustment that has to be made. And usually the first, uh, first couple of bats aren't, uh, aren't too fun, but you know, you get the hang of it. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, you know, again, looking, kind of looking back on this past summer, again, 17 year summer, it's kind of where all the fun things get to go on. You get to go travel the country, go to all those big all American games, playing major league stadiums, stuff like that. Um, couple events I do kind of want to touch on, kind of take us through maybe just your experience, kind of what the atmosphere was like and just kind of, you know, what the behind the scenes were for some of those events. Um, first one, MLB high school all-star game got the, or yeah, all, all American game at the all-star game, got the chance to go there to Seattle, kind of take us through that experience again. I mean, you're facing guys who are all top prospects there for this upcoming draft this summer. Take us through what that event was like. I mean, that one was amazing. Going out to uh, Seattle on All-Star Week was that was surreal. I mean, meeting all of those kids there, I knew some of them. So we had come off PDP basically the week before that. Um, and a lot of them were my teammates that week, you know, playing against them. And so it was kind of just like funneling that event and then, you know, getting into this All-American game. It was, it was oh, my gosh, it was so much fun. I mean being in the locker room there at Seattle and then walking out on the field um, with the stands and the lights. I mean, it was crazy. Um, you know, that was also, I think it was my first time playing on uh, national television too. So that was, that was a little scary, but uh, yeah, oh my God, it was so much fun. Yeah, I'm sure. Did you get the chance to go back and watch that game through on uh, you know, like a recorded TV or, or like a watch yourself on TV? Yeah, I went to, uh, I think they had it on MOB.com. And so I was over there. I, I watched that in class sometimes. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm a little bored. Yeah, but uh, so was uh, was Seattle, was that the first major league field or was PG National or PG National in the All-American game before that? Mm, I actually, that made, yeah, I think Seattle was first major league field. Um, yeah, actually, because National was after that. So that was the first one. Okay. The, the biggest thing was were the stands. I mean, the that was hard to kind of get used to was um having that huge backdrop of stands kind of right there when you're throwing over from short. It was a... Uh, it was a little intimidating at first, but it, I mean, it was so much fun. I'm sure. So uh, I guess kind of moving into that other big league stadium, you got the chance to play in PG National, PG All-American. Um, again, you kind of compare two major league stadiums there, you know, what's your favorite? But then again, kind of take us through uh, what that experience was like at PG National and that PG All-American game. Yeah. Okay. I mean, going off the comparison, I'm going to go with Seattle. Um, I love just the outdoor spot they had there. And, you know, also we were there kind of uh, – middle of June, the weather was perfect. Um, so I'm gonna go Seattle there, but those two events, I mean, those were amazing. You know, I think PG national didn't go, you know, really to how I wanted it. Um, how I wanted it to, I mean, I had a little bit of a struggle there kind of hitting. Um, and yeah, I mean, you, you gotta, you gotta go through ups and downs in baseball. That's how it goes. Um, but you know, I think it was just, I was so blessed to make the all American game after that. And I mean, Again, just seeing these guys kind of over and over the summer at these events, um, that was kind of like a good wrap up. Um, it was the last one before we really went into high school ball. Um, it was kind of just like a goodbye travel ball, basically, just kind of celebrating that, but then also playing in this very prestigious event. Um, and, you know, with both of those, it was so much fun. Yeah, for sure. And I'm assuming there were, like you said, there was probably a lot of carryover between those two high school All-American game there at Seattle and that PG National as well. I'm sure there's a lot of carryover, getting lots of relationships you've been able to build across with guys across the country. Another one of those events that I'm assuming a lot of the main, a lot of those guys had a lot of carryover to as well was PDP going down to carry, kind of going through and playing in that, I believe it's like 10 day event or something like that. Um, again, got to take us through that event. What was the day-to-day -day like for you? What were some of the biggest things you were learning? I know they got a lot of former big leaguers there at that event as well. Um, kind of take us through what PDP was like for you. Yeah, that was, you know, that that event is like, it's so much different than the other ones you do. It's uh, like you said, it's it's 10 days and it's just straight baseball. And I that was why I loved it. And, you know, I think personally, that was one of my favorites definitely over the summer was just you get there kind of the first night, 
um, you meet your teammates and you go over a game plan with your coach. And then it's like, you know, you wake up next day, 8 a.m. practice, and then you're playing. And again, it's 10 days straight. It was so much fun just being able to just play baseball. You know, it felt like kind of like that next level where it's like your job is baseball. And I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, for sure. And you, you talk about how, again, there's lots of carryover there with guys from across the country, a lot of top prospects there for PDP, PG National, the high school American game as well. Um, Kind of take us through, you know, what are some of those relationships you've been able to build going to big time events like that? Yeah, I mean, those were some of, you know, I built some of the strongest relationships with, you know, people throughout those events. Um, you know, I think that, you know, hitting wise, it's, it's so much fun being able to talk hitting with some of these guys who are, you know, also up there um, and kind of just picking their brain on what they're thinking, um, kind of what their approach is to a certain pitcher that you guys have both faced. And then again, talking to the pitchers is always so much fun. Um, get a little banner going with someone you're going to face the next day or, uh, you know, after you face someone, um, that's always fun. Yeah. So face facing a lot of those top top pitching prospects in the country, who's been that toughest AB so far? I think uh, I'm going to go probably Caminiti. Um, just a lefty, I mean, 96. And, you know, I'm not going to lie. I just, I couldn't see the ball the entire bet. And I remember he threw me a first, uh, first pitch inside fastball. And I look over to my dugout. I was like, I didn't see that. And um, we had a good laugh about it after uh, Cam and I, we were, um, you know, we were able to kind of meet each other prior events. So yeah. that was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, but again, with with events like that, you know, PDP, going to the high school All-American game, PG National, PG All-American game, you know, and you're playing in front of a lot of eyes there. Kind of take us through, you know, what's that mindset maybe when there are a lot of people watching you, not really focusing on that, kind of staying focused on the game of baseball. Um, kind of take us through what that mindset is at events like that. Yeah, I mean, that's something that I think can get to your head super fast um, if you don't kind of confront that right away. And I think it's, Something that you kind of got to learn as a player individually, I think it's different for everyone on how they handle that. Um, for me, it was always like I need a first play to kind of initiate that kind of flow state that I try to get into. Um, and so whether that's a ground ball, hit, um, whatever that is, once I get that kind of that first play going, it, it's kind of going to flow state for me. But that's really how I've learned to handle it. And again, you know, you form these relationships and you talk to other people on how they handle it. It's it's amazing. For sure. And, you know, I guess we're at this point in time now to, I mean, I'm starting to see some PG national events, invites going to some of these guys in that class of 2025. I'm sure that's going to continue to happen these next couple of months before this upcoming summer for, you know, those 25 guys for you going through playing in some of those all American games, going to States play, going to area code a couple of years ago, you know, what would be that advice for some of those guys getting ready to go to events like that, trying to raise their draft stock, but again, not too much, not putting too much pressure on themselves what would be that advice? Yeah, I'd say go be you. I mean, you go to these events and you want to stand out, you know, that's, and so go show off what makes you such a good player. You know, why are you there in the first place? You, you were chosen for a reason, go show it off. You know, whether that's the way you throw off your back foot on a backhand or it's your raw power or your ability to hit all fields, whatever that is, make sure to show that off. I'd say that's, that's my biggest piece of advice. All right. So uh, last question, when it comes to the travel baseball side, you know, whether that's the events, whether that's playing for alpha prime, you know, looking back on these past couple of years, what would be some of those favorite memories that come to mind when you think about travel baseball and all the events you've been a part of? Oof. I mean, that's a tough one. I'd say um, for travel ball, I'd say for alpha prime, it was a, uh, it was the UBC down in uh at Irvine, um, my saw my yeah, sophomore year summer, um, and just going out there, and that was the first time where I really, really saw like um those next level arms. You know, everyone I faced there was kind of above ninety. Um, being able to face that competition, and also just like I think as a team, we really bonded that event. Um, we you know we went through some struggle early on, and then um kind of being able to figure that out with them was amazing. So I'd say travel ball is definitely just that event as a whole. So much fun. And then I'd say as for the events, I, I would go with uh, just the all PG All-American. That whole experience was so much fun. Just again, like wrapping up kind of the travel ball circuit um, with that event was just it was perfect. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, making that transition from the travel baseball event side to more of the high school side. Again, I think you said that your games are starting there a couple of weeks from now. Um, kind of take us through, you know, what's that freshman, sophomore, junior year like? Kind of give us a rundown there. And then maybe those expectations that you have for this upcoming spring. 
Yeah, I mean, my freshman year was um it was rough. I mean, I wasn't the biggest, you know, most physical kid. Um I was able to sneak my way onto varsity. Um, you know, I'm super glad that my coach saw that in me and was able to do that. Um and I was behind, you know, two other shortstops, kind of being able to pick their brain, learn from them, and then kind of take over the range my sophomore year. Um, that was huge. So again, just having that experience of being on varsity in that dugout, um, my freshman year and then carrying that into sophomore year, um, that was kind of like the breakout year for me in terms of uh just high school ball and this whole thing. Um yeah, I mean, I was, I just felt prepared, you know, I, again, I'd spent a year kind of just waiting to get on that field. And when I did, you know, I made sure to make the most of my opportunity. Um, and again, this, that we had a great run that year. We went to the championship. Um, you know, that was one of my favorite teams I've ever been on just so tight knit, you know, all the dudes were, you know, we're all growing the same direction. Um, you know, we had a draft prospect on that team, uh, Henry Bolte. He, uh, he was taken by the A's in the second round, um, and he really took me under the, um, his wing that year. Kind of, again, just showing me what it takes to get to that next level, you know, how to put yourself out there. Um, you know, he was outside of my house every morning picking me up for workouts. Um, you know, we go hit after practice, and, you know, having him there for me was huge. Um, and then junior year comes around, and I'm kind of on my own. And that was, you know, that was tough. I think having, kind of being the older kind of mentor on the team as a junior was definitely tough. I mean, it was an adjustment because again, sophomore year, I had that protection of um, Henry and some of the other seniors, um, you know, and junior year was a great year, but again, just learning how to lead is, it's definitely something that again, it's individual and you got to figure out what works for you and how you're going to lead a team. And uh, I'd say for this year, again, um, I kind of, I want to go out with a bang. I mean, I've had so much fun throughout these years at high school and I want to make the most of it. You know, this is the last time playing with a lot of these kids I've grown up playing with. Um, I just, I want to make sure to have fun with them. This is again, this is the last ride. Yeah. And you kind of touch on that leadership there for a little bit, you know, going through when you're a little bit younger, having some guys that can maybe, maybe protect you a little bit, maybe showing you the ropes of high school baseball, you know, looking back at last year, looking ahead to this upcoming year as well. Um, you know, kind of maybe take us through some of those growing pains you had, you know, going kind of stepping into that leadership role and maybe some of the benefits that come long-term stepping into that leadership role. Yeah. I mean, it's tough, you know, especially when you go, especially with high school ball, a lot of these kids are, you know, your friends off of the field. And then it's, it's figuring out how do you make that switch to when you're on the field to lead these guys. Um, and you got it for me, it was just following the rule of like, when I'm on the field, you know, I want to get the job done and, you know, whether, you know, I have to yell at you to, you know, hustle on, um, you know, out of the box or, you know, pick up the baseballs with me that, you know, I got to do that, you know, that's my job. And then off the field, you know, we can be friends and, you know, that's how it goes. But I'd say making that, you know, distinction between off and on, I think is definitely hard. Um, but it's necessary. I mean, if you want to be a good leader, you got to, you know, you got to show by example and you got to, you know, you got to get on guys sometimes. For sure. And uh, I guess kind of looking back or not, I guess not looking back, but just looking at the competition that you guys are facing on a night in and night out basis. Again, California high school baseball got to put, I always hear great things about them with them. You guys, Texas, Florida kind of is that big three when it comes to high school baseball, take us through, you know, what's that competition level looking like when it comes to night in night out, what are those pitchers looking like for you? Kind of take us through that. Yeah. I mean, so we have a, it's great league up here in NorCal. Um, so we have the public school league. So that's our kind of like league play. Uh, those are always just, those are, Fun game just because they're rivalries, you know. Um, we have one specific uh rivalry uh with Los Gatos High School. They're kind of like a, a neighboring high school, and uh we'll go at it every year. Those games will get pretty chippy, and so that's always so much fun. Um, and then we also have the Catholic League, uh the Catholic League. So those are all the uh again, the, the Catholic schools. Um they tend to be the best in our area, just they're private schools. Um you know, they're very, very polished when it comes to just, you know, executing plays, bunts, all that. Those games are so much fun, too, because those are, you know, that's usually where the better competition is again. And um, I'll run into a lot of that's usually where I run into a lot of the uh, my, you know, alpha friends and all that. So those are also fun. So being a Stanford commit, do you run into a lot of chirps throughout the spring? Like there are a lot of guys chirping you, kind of talking a little talk a little crap there between games. Oh, yeah. Nonstop. Um Again, you got to zone it out. It's going to happen. Uh, you kind of learn to love it, um, you know, after some time with it. All right. So, you know, as we talk about your commitment, I'm assuming now signee to Stanford. Obviously, you see that sticker back there taking up your whole wall in the backdrop. 
Um, oh, yeah. Let's kind of let's dig into that recruiting process. When was it that it got started? Um, when was it that some of those coaches' teams kind of started reaching out? Kind of take us through that recruiting process. Yeah, the, the recruiting, it was wild. Um, kind of starting out, you know, seventh grade was when I really, I remember going with my parents. I'm like, guys, I want to play college baseball. Um, I'm going to do whatever I can to do that. And, you know, again, just first off, before I get into this huge shout out to my parents, you know, for supporting me throughout that whole recruitment process, you know, getting me to where I needed to go and just being there for moral support. I mean, huge, but I mean, yeah, it was crazy. So my freshman year, it was kind of up in the air. I didn't really have a lot of looks yet. Um, still kind of deciding what I wanted to do with baseball. If I wanted to go, you know, a little more academic or if I wanted to go hands-on all baseball like that. And so my family and I made the decision that, you know, we wanted to, you know, have a school that was both academic and, you know, great baseball program. Um, and so that kind of narrowed down the list. Um, and then my sophomore year kind of comes out. Um, I get a little more looks and then it, it's just kind of, it's, it was like uh, exponential to kind of the growth on that goes, you know, you get one offer and then, you know, schools start hopping on and then it's just, it's wild. So the, the last like three weeks of that recruitment process were crazy, but you know, for me, again, I wanted to stay academic, um, but also, you know, play competitive baseball and there was nowhere better than Stanford. I mean, talk about the pinnacle of both of those peaks. Um, and then on the amazing coaching staff over there, I mean, Esker, Eager, Rodriguez, Mercurio, I mean, all of them are just so hands-on with their players. Um, and I, you know, there's a certain freedom that they let them play with as well that I really admire. Um, again, so it was a no-brainer once Stanford had offered me. Um, and I ended up, you know, making that decision pretty fast. Okay. So you, know, you talk about how you sit down with your family, you talk about how you want a mix of good baseball, you want a mix of very good academics. Obviously, like you said, you found the pinnacle of that at Stanford. But as you're going through that recruiting process, comparing Stanford maybe to some other schools that were reaching out, what were some of those other decision-making factors, some other key things you were looking for? when you were comparing Stanford to some of those other schools? Yeah, I mean, the first thing, obviously, would probably just be proximity. I mean, growing up in Palo Alto, I'll look out of my high school class and, you know, Stanford's right there. Um, and again, I think that, you know, that proximity growing up, going to Stanford games, watching them play, that was also huge for me um, going into that decision. But I mean, other than that, um, I mean, a lot of these schools are great you know, academically. And so what it came down to was coaching staff and, you know, who did I think, who did I see myself playing for, you know, when it time came, you know, to get on campus. And to me, you know, when I, when I spoke with those coaches, it felt right. And I don't, I don't know how to explain it. It's just, it's a gut feeling when it comes to the recruitment process. And, you know, once you, you hop off a phone call and you'll know, you know, like, Hey, I think this is the spot for me. Yeah. And you said, so you say growing up, going to a lot of Stanford games, you ever go watch, was Andrew Luck, you ever go watch him when he was playing there? Or yeah. Was... I mean, him and, uh, him and McCaffrey, those were the two that we, uh, my family and I really watched, but yeah, we'd always go to games. Yeah. Again, me being from Indiana, big Andrew Luck guy. It was, it was always fun that year yeah. before watching Luck there dominate there at Stanford, just hoping, just hoping that the Colts would end up selecting yeah. him. But, uh, um, you know, at, you said you made that decision there pretty quickly. Once you got that offer, sort of talking to the coaches there, I guess kind of take us through, you know, what was that final click that just made you realize, okay, you know what, like you said, it was a gut feeling. What was that final click? What was that gut feeling that made you realize, okay, Stanford, that, that that's good. That's where I'm playing my college baseball. I mean, honestly to me, so before it's actually a pretty funny story. So we were out in Florida that week um, playing baseball. It was an alpha tournament. Um, you know, by that point, I was really near the end of my recruitment process. You know, there were a good deal of schools out there watching um, Stanford being one of them. And I come back and I guess for me, it was the the time it took and the time they spent recruiting me. I'd say that was the biggest thing. It, you know, it wasn't one of those one phone call we're offering you. We hope we, you know, you commit to us. It was like it was very, very concise on how I mean, you know, precise on how they did that. Um you know, and I think they really wanted to make sure that, you know, I was a good fit for them as well. And that was huge for me. It wasn't just, you know, them throwing out an offer because, you know, X and Y schools did, you know, it was, they thought I was a good fit for their program. And that, I think that was huge. And so I come back from that tournament um, in Florida at like 12 in the, or 12 in the morning, I'm in baggage claim. And I remember they, uh, they called me and gave me that offer. And I, to me and my dad, we were just like, you know, we were jumping up and down and everyone was just staring at us, but it was, it was a good moment. 
Yeah, for sure. And earlier, you kind of touched on that coaching staff there. Again, that was kind of maybe a final decision maker for you. Just, you know, you could really see yourself playing for that Stanford coaching staff. Take us through how's that relationship evolved since that commitment going now, going to your official visit, signing, getting closer and closer to getting foot on campus. Take us through how that relationship's evolved with that coaching staff. Yeah, I mean, you know, I would be, it would be nice to say it's been, you know, easy since then, but because, you know, it's been, at Stanford, you know, they require a pretty, a pretty difficult class load. And so there have been ups and downs with that, you know. Um, I mean, grinding out essays, you know, when my friends are playing video games or, you know, staying in, you know, we're coming home from practice and, you know, I got to go do more homework rather than be able to, you know, go do my recovery and it, the whole thing. I mean, bouncing schoolwork with baseball, it's it's not easy. And it, it's, you know, it's not for everyone. It's, it's really difficult. I really want to push myself, you know, do the best of you know both of those worlds, but it it's been difficult. And then I think you know what was really important for me was that official visit. Once that came out, so I I mean I committed you know beginning of my sophomore year, and so I had two years of just straight schoolwork and baseball workouts, you know, without you know kind of seeing what it's really like over at Stanford. So you know when I got over there um, this year um, earlier this fall, yeah, for that official visit and you know meeting the the players on the team, you know, I already knew most of the coaches, but again, meeting those players and realizing like, Hey, these guys are pretty similar to me. And like, you know, yeah, they're, you know, pretty smart guys, but they're also just dudes, you know, and that was so much fun. So much fun. Yeah. And you talk about that official visit. I'm sure, I'm sure you probably had relationships already with some of your future Stanford teammates. I'm sure the official visit even made even better relationships, even more relationships with your future teammates, but sticking on that topic of relationships, what are those looking like with those future Stanford teammates when you're getting on campus there in a, you know, six, seven months or so? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's funny. I, I guess, cause you know, you're in Palo Alto. Um, and so they're kind of around, you know, it's, it's weird, but you know, after that official visit, you know, I met all the guys on the team and now when I'm around Palo Alto, like I'll run into them, whether I'm at Chipotle or like, you know, getting gas and I'll see them. And then being able to say what's up and just, you know, talk about life. I mean, that's, it's so cool. Um, and I'm so excited to, you know, get over there and meet them, you know, and grow closer. Um, I guess that, that it was kind of like a sneak peek of what, you know, what's to come there. Um, and, you know, that will bring its own challenges again with the school and, you know, fighting for a spot, you know, on the starting lineup. But again, I mean, just be, like knowing that I'll get to, you know, grow um, in terms of relationship with those guys. I mean, I'm so excited. And you, you've talked about academics here for the last couple of minutes. Obviously, again, Stanford being that pinnacle of great baseball, great academics. You're at that point now in your senior year, kind of where you're maybe deciding what that major is going to be. Um, you know, you know, at this moment in time, you know, kind of what's that thought? You know, if you do go to campus next fall, kind of what's that plan there school wise? Yeah, I mean, I don't know for sure. It's not set in stone. I think something surrounding business. Um I took an economics class last year and then I continued with a follow-up on that kind of same route this year and I'm really into it. So I think uh, that's probably the route I'm going to go, but you know, it could change. I don't know. Yeah, for sure. And when you do get to campus, I believe that that will be the first year of Stanford in the ACC, correct? Yes. What are your, what's your excitement? What are your thoughts there from Stanford going from the, you know, Pac-12, all these West coast teams to going out there playing a lot of teams out there in the East coast? Yeah, I mean, I have to say, I was I was a little sad when I first heard the news. Um, you know, I kind of grew up, you know, with Stanford and then the Pac-12. Um, you know, I go to those football games, Oregon, you know, USC, UCLA, all of those, so much fun. Um, and then again, my from my sophomore year on, you know, I was really looking forward to, uh, you know, playing in those games against again USC, you know, Oregon State, all of that. Um, so I was a little sad when I I first heard the news, but I, I'm also so excited. I mean, you know the level of competition in the ACC is, I mean, it's insane right now. I mean, you have Wake Forest, UNC, you know, Florida State. And so it's going to be a challenge, I think, for Stanford in that in that program. But I, you know, I'm, I'm excited. It's going to be so much fun. Sure. Yeah, there's definitely, you know, pros and cons to go to, you know, that, that whole situation. Like, obviously, I'm sure, you know, being a Stanford guy, I'm sure you'd love to go out and play USC on a weekend, go play UCLA on a weekend. Uh, but, you know, it is kind of cool to go and see all those new teams playing each other. You know, I go yeah. to Indiana, so, you know, next spring when UCLA comes to town, I'll be pretty excited. So, uh, oh, yeah. uh, you know, it is kind of cool to see that side of it. But 
Um, you know, early, you got to talk about that official visit, kind of getting on campus there. I'm sure with you being, you know, nearby, I'm sure you're on campus all the time. But, you know, what was that official visit like in terms of, you know, what are you seeing on an official visit? What was that like putting on that Stanford uniform for the first time, going through a cool little media day? Kind of take us through that official visit. Yeah, that was it was so much fun because, um, again, so I, I committed my sophomore year, so I had never done, you know, any kind of official visit before. Um, so we got there, um, we got our hats and all of that. And then we, we, uh, got straight to the pictures and again, throwing on that uniform for the first time was, was pretty cool. It was weird. I remember, um, I was in the, I was in the bathroom and I remember I turned around in the mirror and I'm like, Oh my gosh, you know, like I'm repping the Stanford now. And so that, that was, that was pretty surreal for me. Just kind of, you know, what it took to get to that point. And obviously, you know, so much more hard work that needs to go into this. But again, it was it was cool to take a step back for a moment and, you know, enjoy that, you know, that weekend of just kind of celebrating. Um, yeah, yeah for, sure. for sure. And, uh, you know, I guess kind of looking past here, this upcoming senior spring to uh, this upcoming summer, uh, potentially getting on campus there in the fall. I know there's a lot of teams here in the Big Ten, SEC, ACC, who do let their their freshmen come to campus a little bit earlier. Is that kind of the plan there at Stanford? Again, you being a pretty highly ranked draft prospect, kind of take us through what that mindset is going into this spring, going into the summer, trying to prove yourself uh, and also have that, you know, 1A, 1B mindset in terms of, you know, no bad options. But again, just kind of take us through that mindset and kind of what's, what are you looking ahead there to these next couple months? Yeah. I mean, it's kind of up in the air right now um, with, you know, how the high school season goes and the draft. Um, I don't really know how it's going to go down until um, kind of, you know, probably a couple of weeks before uh, the draft and, you know, deciding whether I want to, you know, proceed with that or not. Um, so yeah, as of right now, with the draft in mind, it's kind of up in the air, but if I decide, um, you know, that I want to end up on campus, then I think the plan would probably be to go a little bit early and um, just kind of acclimate there. Okay, for sure. And uh, last baseball segment here for you before we dig into the personal side to end it off, I like digging into the actual on the field play, kind of digging into, you know, who you actually are as a ball player. Again, being, <laughs> being a middle infielder, I'm assuming more shortstops, that primary position, but, you know, kind of where do you see yourself at that next level, whether that is pro ball, whether it is college baseball, where do you see yourself defensively? Yeah, I mean, you know, I strive to be a shortstop for as long as I can. You know, that's that's the goal um, defensively. I mean, it's hard to stick at shortstop, and I'll be the first one to say that. It's 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 a tough position. I mean, you have to be athletic. you got to be fast. Um, you got to have good game sense. You have a strong arm. You know, there's a lot that's required to play shortstop, especially as you, again, you climb these levels. Um, you know, I'd like to see myself as a shortstop in the next level, but, you know, time will tell, and I just all I can do is put in the work. So when you are, I guess, going from shortstop to, I'm assuming maybe second base is that secondary position, maybe third base, whatever, you know, what are some of those adjustments you have to make, whether that's in-game or whether that's game-to-game -game, when it comes to going from shortstop to a different position? Yeah, I mean, honestly, so my sophomore year, I had to, I was playing uh, second base. Uh, we had a a senior at shortstop. He's over at University of Arizona now. Um, But, you know, man, there's a stigma around second base. It's, it's harder than it looks. I mean, the angle is so whack coming from shortstop because it's on the other side of the field. Um, especially going to your backhand, it's it's difficult, but it's something that it just requires a lot of reps. And again, I think, you know, having that sophomore year at second and really learning that position was big for me because, you know, it just, it adds one more to my, um, you know, to where I can play on the field. So, yeah. Flipping it from the defensive side to the offensive side here, Kind of take us through your hitting approach. I'm assuming, you know, you said you're the number two hole hitter there um, for Alpha. Kind of take us through, you know, what's going through your mind there. Start the game. You're on deck, watching the guy in front of you, watching the pitcher warm up, walking up to that batter's box. Kind of take us through what that approach is and what you're trying to do with each at bat. Yeah, I mean, for me, approach is something that's, you know, malleable. I think it, it changes based on what you need at a certain time, but I think that, you know, practice is where you really try and find it, try to develop an approach. And then in game, it's you got to stick to it. Um, what's worked for me, especially going to these events, um, you know, you see these live arms, it's it's attack the fastball. I mean, you know, it, it's not easy, but it's probably the easiest pitch to hit with, you know, what these dudes are throwing nowadays. Um, and that's kind of what I've stuck to is just be on time for the fastball and then trust my ability as an athlete to react to off speed stuff. 
Um, you know, I think it'll, it'll be a, de a challenge this year, especially in high school. Um, I think I'm going to see a lot more off-speed stuff just kind of throughout, again, this high school season. So that'll be uh, different. But, you know, I've been working on it a lot in the off-season. And, you know, again, I just got to trust my athletic ability. Okay. So how's that approach changed there on two strikes? Yeah, I mean, when you get two strikes, I kind of turned to more of like a zone hitter in the sense that, you know, if it looks close, you know, you got to protect. Um, I like to be picky before I get to two strikes. Um, you know, usually it's looking for a certain pitch. Um, yeah, I think as I get, you know, as I climb levels again, I think it's going to resort more to zone um, just because, you you know, you're going to have to, you know, start hitting off speeds a little bit more if it's, you know, presented there. Um, but it, yeah, once I get two strikes, it's kind of just shortening up and then, attacking anything that's close to the zone especially in high school all right so uh on the, i guess on the mechanical side here kind of take us through you know what's that look like load up or sorry yeah load up to your follow-through um mm -hmm. kind of take us through what those mechanics are looking like maybe how those mechanics have evolved a little bit as well as you've grown a little bit older matured as a ball player um kind of take us through what those mechanics are looking like yeah i mean so I was looking over some film like a couple months ago and I found that I was getting pretty narrow with my stride. Um, and that's something that's kind of been there since I was uh, a little kid, but you know, I, I had pretty good hands as a young kid. So I was able to get away with it a little bit more. Um, but again, once you go to the event, you start facing these arms, it's, you know, you gotta be pretty on it. So I've worked a lot on just widening out my, widening out my base as a hitter and then just kind of directing a lot of my momentum towards the pitcher rather than kind of up and out. Um, because you kind of tend to lift in game a little bit. Um, so that's kind of been the focus this year. I mean, this off season is just getting a little bit wider and just really, really working on, you know, moving towards the pitcher. Um, and then another, I mean, on top of that, I always like to tell myself, hit the inside half the ball. That's, that's my go-to. I mean, whenever I'm struggling, you just got to make it simple. The, the last thing you want to do, especially when you're struggling is just, make things more difficult. And so I really try and simplify if I, if I'm, if I'm starting to struggle. Okay. So, uh, you know, looking through your PG accounts, looking and watching some film, looking like you are a left-handed hitter, right-handed thrower. So, uh, yeah. you know, were you born that way or is that something maybe you worked on as a kid, you know, noticing that, you know, left-handed hitters have a slight advantage over right-handed hitters. I guess kind of how, how exact does that come about? Yeah. I mean, my dad takes credit for the, uh, for the left-handed hitting. He's, uh, he told me that when he first put a bat in my hands, he he made sure it was lefty. And then he said if I wanted to change it, he wouldn't, you know, force it back to left-handed. But uh I, I mean I'll give the credit to him. He, you know, he put the he put it on the left hand to to begin with. Um and then yeah, I just stayed lefty from there. So I you know, big thanks to my dad. Yeah, it's always I'm always curious on how exactly that happens. And yeah. generally it is the dad. Generally, you know, dads are yeah. smart, you know, they're 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 having their kid at you know three years old yeah. holding the bat swinging lefty that way they're ready to go there in a couple of years. But um, two more questions when it comes to the baseball side before we dig into the you know passion stuff like that. Um, to end it off, I'll just ask these back to back. You can ask you know or you, you can answer them in any order you th that you want. Um, let's say you are a scout watching your game, whether this is playing playing the infield, whether this is base running, whether this is hitting, whatever. What would be that personal scouting report you'd write up on yourself? And then looking ahead here to the future, whether this is six months from now, whether this is two years from now, looking at your development, what are some of those key points of emphasis you want to work on most? Yeah, I mean, I'd say for a scouting report, I'd like to say, you know, I'm a pretty athletic shortstop. I, um, you know, I got some bounce to my step. I'm able to move, you know, I have good range. Um, I'm able to throw from all arm slots. Um, again, I'm really comfortable throwing off the run, kind of throwing again from any arm slot. And then, you know, offensively, I think it's a it's a contact first left-handed swing right now, and I think that's going to develop into a little bit more power, which you know it's beginning to already. Um, you know, I don't I don't chase a lot out of the zone. I'm a pretty disciplined hitter. I like I like walks. Um, I'll be the first one to say that. Three nineties. Um, and then on the base path, you know, I'd like to say that that's something that's you know developed a lot over the years. Um. But I've turned into a pretty aggressive runner um, in just reading looks, reading pictures, and also just, you know, the speed is there, I think. And um, I'm pretty aggressive on the base path. Okay. All right. So uh, last segment here for you before we do end it off. Like I said. I missed what I missed what I wanted to work on. Oh, oh, shoot. My bad. My bad. All, yeah, my bad. Um, I want to work on the, the uh, probably, again, it's, I mean, offensively, it's going to be the opposite field power. Um, that's something I really want to start getting into. And, you know, that comes with strength. Um, working out doing that, um, staying on it. And then defensively, 
I'd probably just say the arm strength. Um, that's something that can always improve. Um, and if there was one hole in my game right now, I'd I'd say it's probably um that right now, yeah. Okay, all right. So uh, to get into that last segment again, more stuff on the personal side here to end it all. We got to let those baseball fans get to know who Charlie Bates is beyond a baseball player. So uh, first off, I know you kind of touched on this there at the beginning, but passions beyond the game of baseball. I know you mentioned fishing, playing video games, stuff like that. Anything else you got going on there to maybe take your mind off the game when you're going through something, take us through some of those passions. Yeah. Um, I mean, take my mind off the game. I'd say I have a girlfriend. Um, we've been together for a year now and that's, that's also been huge for me. Just um, again, when you're off the field, kind of take your mind off the game. I think that's been huge for me. Um, so I love hanging out with my girlfriend. Again, fishing. That's probably the go-to thing on the weekends with my friends. And then, uh, I mean, video games, you know, I'm like to say I'm pretty competitive. And so getting in after it on the game, you know, with my friends is always fun. You know, it gets uh, it gets pretty intense, but I mean, it's pretty fun. I love it. All right. There we go. So uh, moving from passions to motivations here. You know, what is it that helps you get out of bed every morning, help you continuously evolve as a ball player, as a person? What would be some of those key motivators? Yeah, I think, you know, I want to just, I want to be the best that I can be. I mean, you know, in both worlds, again, academically, baseball, physically. Um, and for me, it's just like, I never want to waste an opportunity and, it, you know, I've been blessed with such, you know, great parents, you know, great support system just around me. And I want to use that and really make the most of it. And so that's my biggest motivator is just making the most of what I have. Okay. So taking that question a little bit further, let's say you keep trying to make the most out of what you have. Perfect picture of your life, 20 years down the road. What does that look like? I mean, it would be, obviously it would just be playing in the big leagues as long as I could. I mean, down the road, that's the end all, you know, that's the, the end goal is, you know, being an everyday big leaguer. Um, and again, just playing baseball, you know, as your job. I mean, that is, that's, that's the dream, you know, yeah. Yeah. I'd say the perfect 20 years down the road would probably be just being an everyday big leaguer. Looking back, and, you know, realizing that I did, you know, make the most of my opportunities and was able to uh, achieve what I wanted to. Of course. And hopefully, hopefully we're seeing that Charlie Bates name on some MLB Jumbotrons here. Oh, yeah. um, hopefully hopefully not too long from now but uh yeah well, hopefully we're seeing that um but i got six more questions here for you before we do end it off i'm gonna go ahead and ask them rapid fire three rounds yeah. of two questions here um first set of questions coolest contact in your phone scroll through those contacts who's that coolest contact that not too many people have and then second question go-to playlist whether that's working out whether that's going for a drive maybe flying out somewhere whatever what's that go-to playlist who is contact? Ooh, I'm gonna go with uh Nico Horner over with the uh oh no wait Nico Horner and then uh Troy Tulowitzki. Those are my two that I those are my two big ones right there. Um, just uh, meeting them through other people and then uh, having the contact. I mean Troy Tulowitzki. I mean he's the my idol. And then uh, Nico, current big leaguer. It's it's so cool having that on my phone. And then I'd say for playlist, my go-to is gonna be uh I love like house music. Um. Just like the good beats like that. I don't know why. I just, I love it. Okay. So Nico, is that a Stanford connection or is that somewhere else? Uh, so I met him through kind of a friend around here, but again, it's, it's awesome kind of having someone who went to Stanford and went through that process um, as a resource. I mean, it's, it's, it's awesome. Yeah, for sure. He's I'm, I'm a Cubs fan again, being a Midwest guy, I'm a, Cubs, a big yeah. Cubs guy. So uh, I always love seeing Nico, him, Dansby Swanson, hopefully they're having a good year this year as a, as a yeah. good uh, you know, middle infield combo, but uh, um, no, second set of two questions here for you. Let's say I'm taking a trip out to Northern California. What would right. be some of those recommendations you got for me? Restaurant, just things to do. Take me through some of those recommendations. And then second question, you're having dinner with three people dead or alive. Who would be at that table? All right. First one, I'm going to say for food, you got to hit up um, El Griense. It's a, uh, it's like a Mexican food place right off the spot we work. I mean, the spot we work out at, and we'll, we'll go after we work out sometimes. And it's the best Mexican food I've ever had. Um, it's not really well known, which is, I mean, it just makes it better because, you know, it's never really busy, but that's the spot that I'd, I'd, I'd take you to. And then um, other than that, you got to hit the beach here. I mean, it's it's definitely different than the SoCal beach because it's, um, it's kind of like foggy, cold here, but it, it's super cool. Um, and so I so say you got to hit the beaches and then for the dinner, 
Oh my gosh. I'm going to go Derek Jeter. Mm. You said dead or alive, right? Mm. I'm trying to think of like idols. Derek Jeter. Probably Tulo. I just love, I mean, those shortstops, those two are the mold. And then probably Kobe Bryant. Okay. All right. Lots of, lots of knowledge going on there. Obviously getting some oh, yeah. Mamba mindset, Mamba mentality yeah. going on. Um, lots of shortstop knowledge being dropped there by Tulo yeah. and some Derek Jeter. But uh, no, definitely lots of knowledge getting dropped there. But um, last two questions here for you. Um, TikTok for you, Paige. Scrolling through TikTok, what are some of those different videos that you're seeing? I know out the algorithm does a pretty okay. damn good job at you know yeah. showing videos you want to see. And then last question, dream NIL brand. You get the Stanford there in the fall, get that opportunity to capitalize on your name, image, yeah. and likeness. What's that dream brand to endorse, collaborate, or partner with? All right. For the for you page, I mean, I have a lot of like nature videos. Um kind of like pnw like pacific northwest i i love it i don't know why but like those are always on my for you page video games those are big ones just like funny clips all that um i'd say those are my two biggest ones and then obviously just a lot of sports stuff baseball uh football and all the you know good stuff that comes with that you know memes with sports you know cool moments all that so i'd yeah. say that's the for you page and then Dream NIL would probably be Chipotle. I'd say that one would be awesome because I mean I I'm always there. And then um, yeah, I mean come on, free Chipotle. Yeah, I mean Chipotle that that would be so damn good. I would say uh, Nike and Lululemon are definitely like the number one and number two answer on here. Yeah, when it comes to that, but Chipotle's got to be top. Three. Oh, see that one's like, it makes sense though. I mean it's like. Yeah, I mean, exactly. I mean you're, bu you're building your body for your athletic career. Uh, why wouldn't you want that that type of NIL deal? Yeah. But uh, um, no, man. Uh, last, like I said, last question here on the JKR podcast for you. Really appreciate you coming on the show. It was great meeting you. Great getting to learn everything you got going on. Um, do want to wish you the best of luck as you go through the spring, go through this summer, and hopefully years and years of a baseball career beyond that as well. Do want to wish you the best of luck. But um, no, just again, appreciate you coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me. I had a lot of fun.